Welcome to Advisors and Norm, where expertise, knowledge and experience are sought in the world's leading thinkers and performers in professional services. And all this is done anonymously. Their purpose is to openly share with no ulterior motive. Today's topic is focused around sales is not a dirty word. So without naming yourself or your business, why should the audience listen to you? Give us some credibility. Uh, 40 years in sales. Um, I'm an engineer originally, but I got into sales and I've sold everything from toothbrushes to uh, multi-million pound balancing machines for the car industry and lots of things in between, even a short stint on the shop floor of some uh, one very well-known high street retailer and some not so known specialist um, audio companies. So I've got a very broad range of sales experience um, and I've worked with lawyers, accountants, dentists, as well as I said, traditional, you know, what you think of as traditional sales outlets. So I think I've got a good view of what people think of sales within those businesses. <laughs> okay, but you say, or, or the title of today's talk is, sales is not a dirty word. So, <laughs> so please justify that. Well, firstly, if you asked, I think 100 members of the public what they thought of salespeople, most of the words they'd use back would not be polite and certainly not for use in polite company because sales is seen as a bit slimy, a bit sleazy, and mostly because they think we're all in it just for the commission. We're all in it just for ourselves. Move that into a professional environment. So legal practice, accountancy practice, dental practice, very few, if any of those people join those professions to be salespeople. And yet you and I both know any business, it doesn't matter what you're selling, whether it's a product or a service, without sales, the business dies. So. As I said, I, I've used that term when I've done lectures, et cetera, because I want people to overcome that thinking that it's a dirty word. You know, we don't have business without sales, whatever you're selling. So we've got to get comfortable with it, whether we're a sole trader or a multinational conglomerate. We've got to get comfortable with the sales process. But, then, but it's more than that, because it's, it's, it's the reputation. There's a, a Gartner report out actually just last week where, uh, and it's March, so it's not that long ago, and it's kind of got nurses, doctors, yep. consultants, and it's like confidence level, 90%, 100%, da, 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 da. and you kind of get, and it goes past politicians, you know, keep on going, secondhand car people, keep going, keep going, you know, oh, and there we have advertisers and salespeople, kind yep. of really, really low down. I mean, I mean, uh, let me put this another way. Um, is is sales and marketing evil? Not in my world, no. Um, part of the problem between sales and marketing is they're often completely separated within a business as different departments. And in my view, one cannot work without the other. They should be hand in hand. They should certainly be in the same room when they're discussing strategy. Um, again, however big your business, now for my business, it's just me. So I am sales and marketing, so I can make the ultimate decision. But as soon as you grow a business and you start separating those functions, there's also a bit of dysfunction, I'm afraid. So, and you mentioned, you know, car salespeople. Um, and I can think of put those in the same box as estate agents. You know, their confidence level in sales is very high. Are they very good at it? In general, I don't think they are. But um, they're also the, the sort of typical, 
salespeople that people label with yeah don't want to do sales so, so why, do, why do you think people i mean you're asked you're asking you're asking our listeners it, it sounds to me I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth it sounds to me like you're saying to our listeners it's okay to sell yes. and yet and yet we all know that many salespeople, of course yourself excluded <laughs> but many salespeople have a bit of a, a rotten reputation in other people's eyes Yes, yeah, and 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 justifiably so, I think, Robert. Because if you look at, um, I say, car sales, estate agency, and I've got lots of experience as a customer, and in general, they really are. I'm afraid they're trained, sadly, to be in it for the business for themselves. Now, I've got no problem with people making money. I've got no problem with people making a profit. But if you're not offering a product or service for the advantage of the customer then there's something wrong with that process in my view put it take it um, on, on its head and and put yourself as a salesperson in the customer's shoes and focus totally on the customer then you're doing it correctly so my phrase is the world's best salesperson is the customer so if we think of everything we do in those terms okay my product or service may, is not definitely not going to meet every customer's needs or requirements. So therefore, I'm not going to sell to everybody. Now, if you're Netflix or Microsoft, you probably have got a product that everybody needs and wants. That's slightly different, but they're going to buy that anyway because it's the platform they want to use. But when we're talking about, you know, whether I'm selling any brand of car, the customer is walking in choosing to buy a car. You don't actually need to be a smarmy salesperson. You just need to be a good listener ask some good questions, you know, get the person on side, um, develop a relationship with them. They're going to choose the product they want. You are going to make a sale. They don't walk in just to mess you around. But for some reason, the training of those people seems to be very much, well, let's sell them what we want to sell them. Um, and an example of that, I, I went to buy a car. Uh, I won't mention the brand on here. But the only criteria I gave the salesperson was it must not be black because I have a black car now and I don't want another black car because they're difficult to keep clean. And he spent the whole two hours together trying to sell me the X demonstrator he had, very nice car, but it was black. And to try and make me buy it, he reduced the price per month from 900 to 700. Big deal. My brother said to me, you did buy it, didn't you? It was a bargain. I said, no, it was a black car. But it was, and without a word of a lie, he got down on one knee and asked me if I would buy it because he was getting extra bonus on it to get rid of it. The whole interest in that sale was his, not mine. That's now, I, I even went to a different brand after that for a period of time because I was just so appalled by his, his actions. Now, that's extreme, but it's a true, true story. Um, so, as I said, if that person puts themselves in my shoes, I would have paid the full price and chosen probably a more expensive car than I planned to had he just spent the time asking me what I wanted. And I've done that in the past. I've bought a more, you know, I've gone in with a budget. And the salesperson's been, you know, a bit higher than that with his starting point. And I've been at a lower point, but we met somewhere in the middle. I was happy. He was happy. It's the one time in my life I've bought dozens of new cars where I had a really good sales experience. But he so, focused I mean, on me. But, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still struggling to understand why, and it was, ironically, it was asked me earlier on today, which is why do experts in their particular subject, be it accountants, architects, lawyers, surveyors, web designers, marketing agencies, whatever it is, really good at what they do, you know, what they do, yeah. the business. Why 
why do they why do they struggle with sales because it seems to me that i mean i mean you're talking to the converted i think sales is the best thing you can do with your clothes on yeah so so you're, you're talking to converted but not everyone not every in fact loads of people and if you look say in the accounting profession you know it is you know if if estate agents are known for being kind of white socked and sort of <laughs> foul yes. then accountants are known for being particularly poor yeah. at, at being able to sell the benefits of something which everybody needs every person who runs a business it's not it's not just that you formally need one it's that a brilliant accountant will transform your business and your life yes so there could be nothing for me there could be nothing easier than selling accounting services, the right accounting services to the right person, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because what you're doing is you're giving people more time, you're giving people more confidence, you're giving them so many things. So it feels to me that, that it, 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 and yet people don't like doing it. So what's going yeah. on there? I, I think as you look at accountants, lawyers, and let's take dentists or doctors, but let's take dentists because they're predominantly private. But all three of those professions actually are trained to care for their customer if you like particularly in dentistry but let's put that you've mentioned accountants so an accountant is trained to help that business as you said save money save tax make money grow their business um, take the pressure off by doing all the bookkeeping and the tax returns all that. so it's a, if you like it's it's a caring profession therefore i think when you're sat in as an accountant i've watched many accountants i've listened to lots of accountants i've spoken to lots of accountants they are in their element when they're helping that client. They love it. You know, there's that warm, fuzzy feeling when they're helping a client improve their business, in save money, make money, you know, grow their business. They, so when it comes to the thought of selling them a service, I think that whole nature of that service, their, their persona, then curls up inwards because that isn't what they were trained to do. They were trained to help. And I said, because of the impression, the feeling we all have of selling, we tend to think of the white sock salesperson, you know, the, the pushy salesperson, the Dell boys. So I think it's just that sales is labeled with that pushy, I'm in it for myself thing. And therefore, if you join a caring profession, accountancy, legal, medical, dental, it, it just further exacerbates that feeling. They don't want to be seen in that way. And I think it is just an internal feeling that my job is to help them overcome. Um, okay. And so okay. and that's why I try and call it, I said sales is not a dirty word, but let's put it into a different format. So what happens, just let's just push, push this a little bit further. So if people do believe that sales is a dirty word, mm. what, are the, what, are the, what are the consequences for business? Well, they, they miss opportunities, so many opportunities. Because let, again, let's take the accountancy example you've just suggested. So I go and see my accountant with, I want some help with you know, my bookkeeping. So it's the first time we've met, they look at my business and say, oh yeah, we can help you with your bookkeeping. But what they don't then go on to say, and so if you're not comfortable with bookkeeping, Simon, how do you feel about the tax return? How do you feel about VAT returns? How do you feel about wages? How do you feel about X, Y, Z within your business? They don't ask me those questions because, well, Simon came in helping for, looking for help with your bookkeeping. So we've done that, so great. And they have, they've made me feel very good, but they've missed an opportunity to say, and what else? can we do for you while we're here? On the basis, they don't want to be seen as pushy, whereas actually, if they just said, and what else? I'd probably go, oh, could you help me with this? Could you help with that? 
I may not, and if I don't mention it, then fine. It's not an issue to me. But at least ask the question, what else can we help you with? How, how do you feel about your VAT? But aren't they actually aren't they actually shortchanging you? Aren't yes. they, ironically, they see that you have a series of needs which aren't being met. And more importantly, they see that, that because those those needs aren't being met, you are by various degrees underperforming. Therefore, surely it's it's not it, they should be compelled yes. to say, look, Simon, if if you don't sort out your VAT. If you don't get your VAT sorted out, you know, you're going to be paying more money than you need to pay. So yes. please, 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 yes. think about buying our VAT blah, blah, system three, which for only £25 a month, well, not only, but also, which means that, so that, and as a result, that you'll be able Absolutely. To Absolutely. And so they're doing themselves a disservice and they're doing the client a disservice just because of that little bit of angst. And I, I, I understand it. As I said, I've worked with enough professions to, to know why they feel that angst. And it, you know, for lots of introverts work in those businesses. But so, again, I, I label my workshop when I'm working with people like that just a conversation, because that's to me what sales is. It's a conversation about the client in the right environment using the right amount of time. And I said, you know, most people approach an accountant or a lawyer because they need them. So you've already got, it's like me walking into a car showroom. I'm a warm prospect. You don't need to sell to me. I've come to you. Um, now, as a customer, I may not know, as I said, exactly what I need help with. But if I've come in with a problem, i.e. I want help with my bookkeeping, it's very comfortable, I think, to then say, right, Simon, let's get that sorted. We can help you with that. Now, I've sensed you're uncomfortable with this. So tell me, what else are you uncomfortable with? Well, what do you mean? What? How, how do you feel about VAT? How about your year-end tax return? How about, uh, as I said, you know, um, payroll, et cetera, et cetera, national insurance, whatever it might be, just by saying, how, how do you feel about that? Or how can we help you further? Or what else can we help you with? Let the client speak. You'll have a conversation. You'll understand them. And it might be. They say, oh, no, I've got, you know, somebody else is doing my payroll. Somebody else is doing my VAT. Fine. Okay. It, it's, then, no, it's that old, it's that old, feel felt found thing other yes. people feel like you and they felt that and they found that absolutely so so uh what do you think i mean i mean what, what i guess what's what's your recommendation what are you suggesting that people should do because i quite like some kind of practical tips to come out of this get well, firstly get comfortable with that process so i would say if you're not, if you, even if you don't want somebody in to help you with it Think about it yourselves. Get in a group with your team in one of your team meetings that you should be having and say, OK, how do we all feel about selling? And about upselling, if you like, about adding additional services to our client base. And I would guarantee I will guarantee that if you have that in a team meeting, at least one person in the room will go, well, I feel reasonably comfortable with that. And it might be the receptionist. It might be your tax advisor. It might be your payroll client. It might be anybody. But somebody will feel a little more comfortable. Once they've done that, say, OK, well, let's go and shut you and another person in the room with a video camera, I would suggest, or at least a recording device and go role play a few situations. Play with it in the comfort of your own office. Don't get you know, don't let anybody else listen, but record it and play it back to yourself. Um, Google selling skills. I don't care what you do, but go and other other web search devices are available. We know that. But go and go and have a do a bit of research, read some books or go and find somebody to help you with it. Um, I spend I've spent a lot of time mystery shopping professional practices just to see how they respond. Um, and 
it's interesting. I said I can. I've got lots of evidence to show. It's just they're just not asking the right questions. That's all. Good selling is about asking good questions about the client and listening to the answers. And if you can keep in your mind that the most difficult question you'll ever ask a client is the first question, because if that's a good open question, they it will get an answer, and then you can build your next question on that answer. You're into a conversation. So, okay. can you can you give us an example then, please? So, let's well, if of, I said, <laughs> let's do a bit of role play. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know you, so let me let me ask you a question. Okay, um, you've got you've got a day off of work tomorrow. Yeah. What would be you've got? Nobody's going to tell you what to do. What would what would be your favourite thing to do on a day off? You've got complete freedom. Money's no object. What would you do? I think I'd really like to go for a really long walk in the morning, and uh, one of the things I'd be really like to do is to take some paints with me and do some painting. Okay, so whereabouts would you go on that walk? Well, I'd come out of the house and turn left. And turn left. About five fields, there's, there's a, a church which I've had a real hankering to, to go back to and repaint because when I did it about a year ago, it was like a, a kid's painting. Okay, so I'm guessing since then you've got a little bit, but you feel you've got a bit better at your painting skills, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're going to go out for a walk, you're going to get towards that church, you've got your painting kit with you, you're going to sit down. You're going to start your painting now what have you got in your painting kit you're going to need with you i've got my brushes i've got water i've got a rag and i've got a, a palette with uh, 24 different colors and obviously i've got some paper if there was one extra thing you could have with you on that trip what would it be that you haven't got that would make it really even better the whole experience what would it be um i think uh i've seen these really lush expensive brushes that I have a feeling would improve my painting. Okay, and how much would how much do you, what so how much would it improve your painting by? Uh, it's very difficult to know. I just think it would give me more confidence. More confidence. Okay, so you'd feel better about it. You'd feel more confident. Absolutely. So what what sort of value would you put on those brushes to give you that lift? Oh, those confidence? brushes are about about eighty quid, and I think I think eighty quid sounds like a good price for something that's going to take me from being an amateur to being a semi-professional. So if I could arrange for those to be delivered while you're sat there painting, how would that feel? Well, arrange them, arrange them delivered, that would be amazing. So I rest my case. I know you want to go for a walk, you love to do some painting, but more than anything, you'd love to raise your confidence. And for £80, you can raise your confidence. Now, I didn't sell you. I'm not a brush salesman. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, don't need to be, but I could go and find them and deliver them to you. Do you see what I mean? I just, mm -hmm. by the first question I asked you, what would you do on a day off? Mm -hmm. We've had a conversation. I know what you like doing. You like going for a walk. You like to do some painting, and you'd love nothing more than to have some rather high-end brushes to lift your confidence. I know enough about you now for us to continue a conversation. Now, that could have been about accountancy. It could have been about legal practices. It could have been about ice cream. Could have been about bicycles. It doesn't matter. I was guided by you. Now, I'm not a brush salesman, but I bet I could go and find those brushes and deliver them to you and make you feel good today. The more the point, which is more interesting, is I think about one or two shops. So there's a there's a running shop near me, and and I remember the first time I went in there, it was like, oh, you're starting to run. What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing the local triathlon. Oh, are you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 they painstakingly said, okay, right. So so let's have a look at your feet. Da, da, da. Oh, you've got weird. Oh, no. try this. We'll measure this. We'll do that. We don't recommend these because we don't recommend these because da da da. And I went in with the intention of spending 80 quid on a pair of running shoes because that's mm. what it cost. And I paid 120 because they were the special ones with the inside yep. and outside, blah, blah, blah. But while I was there, I also bought uh, um, a, a running top and shorts and socks and 
because suddenly I felt in safe hands and I didn't yes. feel didn't feel that they were stinging me or ripping no. me off. And no. also there was a price. It's interesting is there was a price that I kind of couldn't put on someone who knew that knew what they were talking about helping me and saying actually no when people have bought product X they find it itches, yeah. it scratches, it doesn't wash. Yeah. Product Y is the one that you want. So so okay i'm starting i'm starting to see i'm starting to see your your version so you're not so just just to be clear you're not saying this is some heavily scripted sales piece absolutely not i do not believe in scripts whatsoever i've written scripts for people to use as role play scripts to practice so they can get the theory um i've got one example which i use across all professions which is actually a car sales process i scripted it and i had it recorded by actors just to show that without mentioning a, mentioning a brand or any particular type of vehicle, you can take some of this conversation to the point where you know what color they want, how many, you know, what type of car they want. Do they want economy or speed? Do they want leather seats? Do they want an iPod connection, a roof rack, a, you know, a big boot, whatever it might be. And then you can say, right, we've got a number of those kind of examples in the showroom. Let's start with the first one that I'd like to show you, you know, because I think it fits your, your imagination, your preference for that particular car but whether it's running shoes or cars they are quite exciting things to buy when we come to legal and accountancy services they're dull let's be honest let's not beat about the bush they're dull services but as i said if i walk into an accountant and i've booked an appointment and i've said i'm here because i hate bookkeeping i don't think it's uncomfortable to say okay simon tell me why you want you know what you dislike about bookkeeping and i'm going to just tell them i'm going to pour my heart out I think it's fair to then say, okay, so what else don't you like about the finance side of your business? Ask me the question. I might say, well, I like everything else or I farm everything else out. But if you don't ask, you're not going to know. If you just focus on what they come in for, then you're going to miss an opportunity. And that's what I see. And I, I look at you know accountants' websites and law practice websites, and people have beautiful websites. They spent a fortune on them. And then when you inquire, they focus either too narrowly or they don't take the opportunity to say, okay, Simon, we've got all these other services. What else would be useful to you? Just asking the question, just because they're uncomfortable with that conversation. Whereas the aim is, as I said, you can do it within the practice yourself. You can bring in a professional like me to help you with it, but you can easily sit down, read a sales book and say, okay, what could we do better? How can we get more comfortable? And find somebody in the practice that is comfortable with having those conversations. And it's probably not going to be an accountant. Um, so that's fine because again in my view you don't have to have specialist knowledge because if a customer asks you a question a technical question about law or about accountancy you all you've got to say is well actually i don't know the answer to that but give me a minute let me find out and you go and speak to one of the nervous introverted specialists who does know the answer get the answer and then go back to the client with it okay i think i think i've got the hang of it this is about this is about the same curiosity that you'd apply to a new person coming into your house yes yeah you know, oh where have you been how did you yeah. get here blah, 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 blah. Yeah. so it's just about leaning in and having a curiosity so i guess my question to you as, as we as we start to wrap up is what are your what are your recommendations or what are your what are your kind of uh, ideas and thoughts you'd like to share with people Okay, so sales is not just for the sales team. Just don't think because you're not a business that has a sales department, you're not selling. You are. 
So everybody in that practice, anybody that speaks to a client is potentially in sales. So make sure those that are speaking direct to clients are comfortable with it. Um, number two, the world's best salesperson is a customer. Be led by them. So um, number three is be curious, as you've just said. So ask good questions. And when, you, when you've asked a really good question of a customer at some point, and it worked beautifully, write it down, get a little black book. Yeah, um, yeah. ask the question and shut up, of course, but listen. But write those questions down because eventually they'll become habit. And look at the poem that Rudyard Kipling wrote, The Elephant's Child, of which the opening is, I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are how and what and why, where and when and who. Be careful with why because it's accusative, but the other words, what and how are probably the best ones to use. But those words are the open question. So use those words in your questioning. Doesn't have to be at the beginning of the sentence, could be anywhere in the middle. But how does that make you feel? What would make it better for you? How could we help you further? And what else can we do for you? So keep those words in your mind. And finally, the, the other thing is to remember that the definition of the word value is that it's personal. What I value and what you value are completely different. So 80 pounds on paintbrushes to you sounds good value. So me, I'm thinking, well, I can't paint, I can't paint a wall, let alone a picture. So 80 pounds on brushes to me is a very is a lot of money. So I'm not going to spend that. So don't focus on what you think is value. Find out what client thinks is value. And that comes just by asking questions. Understand what they value. You can't add value. You can only ask what they value. And if getting rid of my VAT return is of high value to me, then you can charge for it comfortably because I've said, yes, I think that's value for money. I had somebody give me a gift the other day. Uh, um, this person makes promotional material. And he gave me a cup, just a sample. And it's a beautiful cup with my logo on it. And I said, oh, I really love that. I'd like to buy some of these. He said, well, those are a bit expensive. I said, no, 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 those are not expensive. That, that's my, for me to decide, not you as the supplier. <laughs> He's never going to make a salesman. So remember that value is personal. And your whole process is sales is just a conversation. The world's best salesperson is the customer. And what they value is the only thing that's important. Brilliant. So thank you so much. So that was Advisor Anon and uh, discussing sales is not, and it isn't, sales is not a dirty word. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.